Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that one sucked. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can help qualify, help hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Uh, I know that uh, it was a busy one in the world of sports and especially with the Super Bowl, which we'll talk a little bit about and have some fun with here in just a second. But if you're a Razorback basketball fan, you can't say that the weekend was very much fun at all for, for any of us. In fact, as Arkansas loses at home to Mississippi State by a final score of 70 to 64. Well, without a doubt, one of the most frustrating games of the season, and it is pretty baffling and insane that Mississippi State has now won eight of the last 10 against the Razorbacks. Let me repeat that. The Mississippi State Bulldog basketball team that has been vastly irrelevant and honestly has not even been a tournament team in that span have, for whatever reason, won eight of the last 10 against the Razorbacks. Can't make that up. But it just felt like this game, a lot of the wind went out of the sails for Razorbacks, where they had that momentum. They had Nick Smith coming back, and he did play, which I know we'll talk about a lot more in depth. But overall, it was just a really disappointing performance by Arkansas. But on the other side of it, you got to give credit to Mississippi State for playing the way that they did. Honestly, Mississippi State scoring 70 points in this game. It's the most points they scored in any game in SEC play. Any game in SEC play, 70 points. So if you want to know or point to the reason why Mississippi State won this game, I think that is what it's more about than just Arkansas playing poorly. Of course, it's a combination of both. Like You can't play the way you did and expect to, to win many games. But even if Mississippi State who was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the SEC, if not the worst one, they come into Bud Walton and go 6 of 10 from three. That's that's the difference. That's the difference right there. If Arkansas was able to hold Mississippi State to their average, which is roughly about 62, 63 points, Arkansas wins this game. But because Mississippi State came out firing, hitting big-time threes, as is tradition, it seems like, anytime a team plays Arkansas, that was the difference in the game. And, you know, that's... That's something that can just happen in college basketball. Now, again, I'm not just overlooking the fact that Arkansas played poorly because they did. They 100% did, and a lot of individuals played really badly too. But I'm just trying to give credit where credit is due to Mississippi State for hitting their shots. I think it was more about the way that they played there too. But Arkansas just really could not get anything going in this game. They were Arkansas, give them credit, they were down by 16 points in the second half. 16 points with 14 minutes left to go in this game. They stormed back. They were able to, to keep it close. I think the closest they got was within four points uh, there late in the second half, but it was just too little too late, and Mississippi State was able to just uh, just to pull ahead. So looking at Arkansas and uh, the actual box score and the stats here, Anthony Black played incredible. Uh, he went 8 of 13. He had 23 points in this game, and they needed all of them. 
He went two of five from three-point land. He had five rebounds, five assists, one block, three steals. Uh, did have four turnovers. But, again, when you're handling the ball as much as he does, sometimes it's going to happen. But he played a phenomenal game. Absolutely phenomenal game. And I thought the Mitchell twins played really well. Unfortunately, Makai got in really early foul trouble and fouled out early in this game. But both of them had six points. Both of them went three of three from the field. Both of them did miss some free throws. You don't want to see that. But uh, Makai had three, uh, four rebounds with six rebounds to Mikel. And uh, also had three blocks for Mikel, one block for Makai, a steal for Mikel. So they played, they played pretty well when they were on the court. It was just unfortunate that uh, Makai had to foul out so early there too. Uh, Walsh didn't really play a whole, I mean, he played 23 minutes, but didn't really have a big time game. As far as the stats go, only had two points, uh, with one assist, two offensive rebounds, did have a block shot and two steals. I think defensively he was much better in this game, uh, than any other reason. Uh, so that's why I think his plus and minus was at three, because I think he played really well defensively in this game. But if you really want to look at the reasons why Arkansas struggled so much in this game, it comes down to two individuals which just played an awful game, an awful game, or at least one played their worst game of the season. And the other one just played bad. Um, Ricky Council had 13 points in this game. He did go 11 of 13 from the free throw line. Only had one basket, and his one basket was an insane highlight dunk, which he's so good at. But he was able to get to the free throw line. And make it. He had six rebounds, three assists, uh, one block shot, only one turnover in 37 minutes of play. So I think Ricky played okay, but just not – he didn't seem like he, like I think defensively he had some breakdowns. Uh, obviously, not didn't shoot the ball well. Went one of six, so it was a bad game of him. But Devo Davis was really the one that played his worst game. He had seven points. He went two of eleven from the field, one of five from three point land. Did have six rebounds, two assists, but also had three turnovers and two steals. But defensively had a lot of breakdowns. Um, had a, his, his fouls, which he had four fouls. A few of them were very ill advised and dumb fouls. Uh, he had emotions, uh, frustrations really building up on him, kind of losing it a little bit, just made some really bad, uncharacteristic plays. And that's essentially what Muss, who had a press conference after the game that was extremely short, but that's extreme. That's pretty much what Muss said is that you just had some guys play very uncharacteristically tonight. And I think Ricky and Devo were the two main culprits of that, where they played 37 minutes apiece, but just could not, could not find the basket. Now, Nick Smith Jr., Again, I, I want to kind of spend the second segment talking more about him in depth and, and his return because I think there's some stuff we need to address. He did, in this game, play 17 minutes. We went 2 of 7 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3-point line. Only had 5 points. Did have a rebound and assist. No turnovers, no blocks, no steals, nothing like that. But you can just tell it's it's one of those things that's going to take him a little bit to get going. And even Musk said in the press conference afterwards, he's like, we got to – he's like, that's the dilemma that we're facing. we got to figure out ways to integrate him into the game. and. Uh, find ways to get him slowly but surely building back and, and getting after it uh, to be able to be a more integral part of this team. And people keep, you know, talking about his minutes and, and all of that. It'll, it'll come in time and roster manage. It's something that uh, Eric Musselman's really good at. So uh, I don't think it'll be a problem. Again, we'll save that for, for more uh, for the next segment when we go more in depth, but it was just simply a, an entire combination of some of the worst things that you could ever have coming together at once where, you had Mississippi State being able to hit their threes and do a really good job shooting. And I think that they did cause some problems for Arkansas because defensively, Mississippi State's one of the best teams in the SEC. But Arkansas still scored 64 points. They were still in position late in the game to possibly tie it up or get right there. But because of the great performance there by Mississippi State and putting the lead out so far, that was too much to overcome. That's the result that you end up getting. So Mississippi State's playing a lot better right now, too. I think that's their fifth straight game now, fifth straight win. 
And now they're going to be in the conversation for the NCAA tournament. And luckily for Arkansas, they were at a net ranking before the Mississippi State game at 23. And after the loss, they didn't change. So if you're looking at, you know, seating and everything just dropping down, the net ranking didn't change. So uh, I guess that's at least a good sign. But you still don't ever need to lose a game like this. You never need to lose a game at home to a team like Mississippi State. I think Arkansas understands that. I think Mus understands. I think the players understand. I think the fans understand that. Uh, but it was just something to where it, it's, it's like, I didn't want to say you took one step forward, two steps back, but it was just that type of loss that feels like that momentum that you had with everything going your way, just kind of the wind got taken out of your sails a little bit. Now, luckily for Arkansas, there's still some more opportunities in front of them trying to get the ship righted, but it was such a golden opportunity in the capacity of also the standings in the SEC because if Arkansas would have won, they would have gotten to seven and five and they would have been tied with Missouri, Auburn, and Kentucky at seven and five, holding the tiebreaker over Kentucky. And I think them and Missouri will be, Auburn will be above them. But anyways, Arkansas could be sitting there right at the fifth spot in the SEC with opportunities because Tennessee lost their eight and four. So if things would have kept going well, and since Arkansas has to play Tennessee later, they could have found a way to possibly get into that third spot. And with Texas A&M, they're 10-2 and right now, and Arkansas has to play them, obviously, uh, on Wednesday night. Maybe they could have found a way to surpass them, depending on what – I know I'm just, like, forecasting craziness, but the point is, is that they were in a good position to really up their game in the SEC tournament and get a really good seed. But instead, now they're sitting at 6-6 six and six, tied with Vanderbilt and Florida, which Vanderbilt has a tiebreaker over them. And Florida, they've still got to play this upcoming Saturday at home, at least. So it, it just it's really frustrating when you're right there into the mix of being able to take that next step in SEC play and get yourself a better seed in the SEC tournament, but you fall short. So I, 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 I was really angry at this game afterwards, and obviously I've had a little time to let it stew a little bit and, and think about it and talk about it. But uh, at the end of the day, you still got you still got reasons to believe that this team is going to turn it around, get better from it and everything. And that's kind of the ultimate goal right now. And that's the, really the only thing that you can uh, focus on too. But I think there's also reasons for Arkansas fans to be a little concerned about what it's going to look like, or at least not have a whole lot of confidence in what it's going to look like going forward. But we'll talk about that, what the rest of this season looks like as well as integrating Nick Smith into the mix too. But first I got to tell you about, Hey, listen, LinkedIn, I get it. If you're a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can help qualified candidates find their jobs more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Things like, I, I know so many people out there that have been able to find better jobs for themselves because of LinkedIn. I even have a good friend of mine who's about to start a new job, got a huge promotion at a different company with a lot more money. And the only reason that they even knew about him was because of LinkedIn. And he was able to get contact and to get that job. And it's great for him. And it's great for the company that's about to hire him too. It helps you find attractive, great qualified candidates with your opening, with your open jobs and targeting tools. And also with LinkedIn jobs, they help you identify the most qualified candidates that you can connect to fast and for free. So go and check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, so uh, continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, we were talking about Nick Smith and uh, the rest of the season and how it can be integrated. And I had a pod, I did a podcast last week, and I had a clip that actually got really uh, that got taken and was put up on social media and kind of went viral. So uh, so much so that uh, even uh, Nick Smith reached out, which was really cool, about just talking about the the addition of Nick Smith and why people need to thank him and appreciate him for for what he's going to be doing and why this team is going to be better with Nick Smith. I still believe that even though Arkansas lost to Mississippi State, there's no question about it that Arkansas is going to be a better team with Nick Smith on the on the squad. And I had even some people on Twitter just being like, after Arkansas lost, lashing out at me saying like, yeah, imagine being an idiot that thought that the chemistry wouldn't get messed up with Nick Smith. What a moronic statement. You can tell you've never played sports. And I laughed at that because, again, just fans can be very emotional and very angry and got to lash out at somebody. I can take it. But I laugh because I'm like, do you really think that Arkansas lost the game against Mississippi State because their chemistry was off? I mean, do you think that that's the main reason why? You don't think it had anything to do with like Mississippi State hitting six of 10 from three or Devo Davis, who played the same amount of minutes that he always does and having a horrible shooting night? You don't think that played into it? And Nick Smith being on the court was actually the times where Arkansas has played some of their best basketball in that game. And you want to sit here and say that chemistry is the reason why they lost that game? No. Now, am I going to sit here and say that Nick Smith being there, there weren't some times where you can tell he had, him not being there maybe had some problems? Like, I think there was a air pass that went out of bounds that could have chalked up to the fact that he hasn't been in the game. Of course, those things are going to happen. But I don't believe it's a team chemistry thing that's been offset by Nick Smith. And those of you who are out there saying that it's a it's the reason why Arkansas lost this game, so you just want to tell Nick Smith to, to go on to the NBA? Is that what you want to do? Hey, get out of here, buddy. You mess with our chemistry. Seriously, is that what you want to do? I doubt it. So let's look at going forward because that's the only thing that Arkansas fans and the Razorback basketball team can do right now is move forward. You got a tough game against Texas A&M on the road. A&M's playing really well. They're 10-2 and in conference. It kills me inside because I don't understand why they need to be good at this game of basketball, but they are. Uh, so they uh, were on a three-game win streak. They smoked LSU even though LSU came back on them. But you got them on the road, and they're in College Station. And, and I'll also say this. I think Arkansas matchup-wise has a good setup against Texas A&M. I just do. I think that the way that Arkansas has their size, and I know that A&M likes to get to the free throw line, but they're not a great free throw shooting team. You know, I think that there's just good matchups there to where Arkansas, I could see them going on the road and winning this game. But we'll talk more about that specific one uh, tomorrow on the podcast. But you got Florida at home, Georgia at home. Uh, after that, and then at Bama and at Tennessee, Bama, good dude. They're just so freaking good. It's stupid. Like they just smoked Auburn on the road. And I actually enjoyed it because at this point in time, I'm like, Alabama just needs to run the table so that way uh, they can, you know, move on. And, uh, you know, because I think that no one's catching Alabama anyway. So might as well uh, root for Alabama to beat all the other teams that Arkansas maybe can catch up to. But you have that one, then at Tennessee, which Tennessee has lost now back to back games on three point buzzer beaters where they had a two point lead in both of those games. Just brutal. So that one's going to be tough no matter what. And then Kentucky. Kentucky may be broken because Georgia beat them at home, and that was disgusting. So Kentucky just may mail it in. But still, you have three games left on the schedule. you got three home games, three road games. And I said it before, but, you know, at this point in time, you got you have to win all your home games. Your home games are your easiest ones, and you have to win them. And if you win those and win one more road game, that gives you four more wins. That gets you to 10-8 and eight in conference play. And with your net rankings – and with uh, you know everything that you got going for you, that might be what is the difference in you 
getting able to into the NCAA tournament, maybe a seven, eight seed, something like that. Uh, but you'll still get into the tournament. And that's really what matters right now is just getting to the NCAA tournament. But it, it's a lot of it's going to be based upon like Nick Smith and going back to him. Nick Smith has so much ability and talent and skill set, and it is going to take a little bit for him to get back into the swing of things. But even watching that game, when he had the ball in his hands, we was dribbling. You could just tell he glides. He just has, he just has a whole new mindset. Like he's the guy that there's a re so many reasons why people have him as a lottery NBA pick because of how he plays, how he handles himself, how he goes about it. He's a difference maker on the team. And I think that even though he played about 20 minutes in this past game against AM, I wouldn't be surprised if he played 25, 30 minutes. And then maybe against Florida at home, he plays 30, 35 minutes. Like they're going to get him more involved into the game because the team is better with him on the court. So it's going to get going. And when it does, it could be something that could be very scary. But the team themselves, like this is what it goes back to. The Razorback team themselves have to stop doing things like Devo Davis going two of 11, have to stop having as many bad turnovers as what they do. They just have to stop doing those things that hurt themselves more than anything. Because uh, the, the last thing you want to do is just look back on all these games that Arkansas could have won if they just didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Like the fact that LSU is the worst team in the SEC and they have one SEC win in against you is brutal. That is a brutal thing. And with a lot of these games, like I think against Mississippi State, it's kind of the same way. You could say Missouri is the same way. You could say, um, I guess you could even throw Vanderbilt in there as, as being the same way. But there's just so many games where you beat yourself. And that's what makes it so frustrating is that Arkansas is a good enough team to be uh, a nine-win team in the SEC right now. But they're not because of their own issues and their own problems. Not to say to take anything away from the other teams that played great against them. But they just keep having these self-inflicted wounds that are brutal against them. So I think they can rebound. I think they can get going. And I think Muss is uh, pissed off enough to where he's going to make sure that this team is ready for A&M on the road. And if you're able to go on the road and beat A&M, which is not easy, I'm not saying it's going to happen, because your next three games are against the top three teams. The next three games on the road are against the top three teams in the SEC. So that's that's really tough. But if you can at least get that one on the road against A&M, which I think is their best bet, then it changes a lot of things. And it changes the mind of a lot of things. Okay, it's like, all right, so now you settled in. You let that bad game get out of you. Now let's get going. You got two very winnable home games to get back on track. And maybe you can make that happen too. So I think they can rebound. I think they will rebound. What is that going to look like? How many games they're going to win? It's yet to be determined, but I still trust him much. I still think Nick Smith is going to be an X factor in this team. And I think the more that he plays, the better off the Razorbacks are going to be. They just got to actually execute it and make it happen. We'll talk a little Super Bowl on the other side of the break here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar, folks. You know, it, it's February. You got uh, Valentine's Day actually happening tomorrow. How about that? How about that? Well, Forget all those chocolates and those hearts and those things that you can get for your significant other. How about getting some Built Bar? Because they taste better than anything you're going to get for Valentine's Day when it comes to those chocolates. And they're healthy. And they're actually covered in chocolate, too. So that way you get the sweet tasting, but also the healthiness to come along with it. Only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein in every bite. And it is just phenomenal. With so many different flavors to choose from, you have to check it out. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they make this work to where it tastes great and it's so healthy, but I don't really care because I'm going to go with it because it helps me out so much, especially when I'm on the go as much as I am. So check out all the different flavors that they have at built.com. You see their website. You can order them from there, but you can also go to your local Walmart and Sam's Club and check them out there as well. Just go to the pharmacy aisle. You'll see them with uh, the different sizes of boxes with the different flavors to choose from. 
And I promise you, folks, if you try it out, you will not be disappointed. So begin. be sure to check out Built Bar at Built.com and also at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Super Bowl happened last night, and I thought, honestly, um, it was weird because, like, I'm I will I was talking about it with some friends yesterday. I really don't like all the things that the Super Bowl represents. Personally, I don't like. I think it's all the things that lead up to the Super Bowl. Once the Super Bowl gets going, I think it's fine, but it's the lead up to the Super Bowl that gets out of control. Like last night or yesterday afternoon, I should say. The amount of like honorings and the amount of songs and the amount of tributes and the amount of videos and the amount of recognitions. Like I was just like, this is absurd. We need to move through this. This is out of control. Oh, let's recognize this person from this thing that happened this time, that one time when you and I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Why are we doing this? Just get the game going. Let's go. And the game ended up going, and what a great game it was. Chiefs ended up getting the victory, Super Bowl winners, 38-35 to 35 over the Eagles. And uh, I know that people were talking about the controversial play that happened and the Eagles getting called for holding when uh, – defensive holding when it wasn't holding, or at least they didn't feel like it was holding, but yet the player that was held, that was holding him admitted that it was holding. I mean, I don't think that that was the, the make-or-break part of the game because, you know, who's to say the Eagles – or the Chiefs still wouldn't have won – you know, they didn't get called because they were in field goal range. They could kick a field goal and stop Philly. So I don't think that was the main reason why uh, they lost. But it was incredible to think that the Eagles just felt like they were in control for the majority of the game and felt like they were the better team. But then just late, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs were able to put it together. I thought that those two play calls, those two final touchdowns for the Chiefs right there on the goal line were some of the most incredible play calls I've ever seen. Like that, that was beautiful that was sexy that was sexy football there on the goal line and you just can't count them out with uh when you have guys and experience like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes who of course was playing hurt uh he had three touchdown passes in this game and uh it was just an overall really clean game for by both teams you had a scoop and score there by the Chiefs uh when the Eagles fumbled and then you also had uh the uh, Eagles or the Chiefs fumble but they got it back so uh they were able to recover it but still you you had some situations to where you were uh it was like it was a clean game. It was just, it was not that problem at all. And then Jalen Hurts, he had all four touchdowns, or he had four touchdowns for the Eagles, uh, three of them on the ground, one of them through the air. Uh, A.J. Brown, of course, caught uh, one of those through the air, too. And, uh, you know, I was having some prop bets and some fun things like that, too. But either way, I just really enjoyed it. I thought the Rihanna halftime show was really good. And I'm someone who's very critical of halftime shows. Like last year's halftime show with Dr. Dre and Eminem, like everybody just thought it was incredible. But I'm like, I mean, it was good, but I, I mean, this is like music from 15, 20 years ago that like a lot of these guys haven't even performed or had they made any recent music except for like Eminem uh, of note. So I was like, that was fine. And then uh, trying to think of uh, like, I thought Lady Gaga was good a few years ago. Of course, my boy, Justin Timberlake, as you can see over there, uh, I thought he was great. So there's been some hits, some misses, but I thought the halftime show was really good. I thought Rihanna was great. Uh, I thought that the commercials were overall pretty good. You know, there's a couple of funny ones that really stood out or at least creative ones that stood out. So 
Overall, I was impressed. I, I liked it. I liked the game. I liked the thing. It's just the leading up to the Super Bowl that just gets out of control. And I don't know if there's any way to fix that or if we need to fix it or whatnot. But, jeez, it just gets a little it gets a little out of control. And it start, stops making it just about the, the game itself. And that's what it comes down to. But I get it. It's an event. It's just it's it's the way it is. It's not going to change. I know. So don't start yelling at me. But I just get, I don't know, I get annoyed. I get very annoyed. I'm a very annoyed person by things that... I probably shouldn't be, but it's just the way I am. Maybe that's, I and mean, I guess I'm a Razorback fan or something because that's why I get annoyed by that. So very enjoyable though. I, I enjoyed it and it's just sad that football's over. And I put out a tweet yesterday where I said that uh, up next Razorback spring football, you know, because I was excited about it. And I was like, oh, excuse me. There's Razorback baseball starting up. Yeah, I know. But when it comes to the game of football, that's the next thing that I actually care about. Okay. Has nothing to do with the sports. It has to do with football. That's the football side of things I care about the most coming up. People are talking about the USFL and the XFL or whatever. Okay, maybe. But Razorback Spring football is what I'm looking forward to next when it comes to the game of football. Still got basketball going on. Baseball's happening this weekend. Can't wait for that. So, yes, all that's going to be happening. But it is sad that football is officially over this season. And we'll just have to wait until the fall once again to get football re really revved up and really get to some Razorback football as well. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.